All right, Northbrook, so here we are at the end of this series, Ancient Prayers for This Modern Moment. And really, I couldn't be more excited uh, that we get to end this series with Psalm 67. You can go ahead and turn there if you haven't already. Uh, as I think about all that God has had for us and as He's uh, pressed us to seek Him, to cry out to Him, to be honest to Him uh, and each other and enjoy His leading and guiding and shepherding. Uh, and I, if I, as I think about those actual things and as I've seen those things actually take place in the life of Northbrook, it really uh, does bring uh, me great joy to experience that myself and, and get to walk alongside you uh, as well. But as I think about Psalm 67, if we were to move on without dwelling on Psalm 67, we might miss really God's heart. Uh, we might get some benefit, definitely, but without getting the most benefit. Uh, we might get most of the point without getting really all of what God would have for us because Psalm 67 really caps off this series um, with just this needed outlet uh, for all God has led us in uh, so far. Um, it's really as if the, the previous six Psalms, hopefully, have been needed water poured on the dry ground of our souls. And God has provided so much that, it, that it's overflowing. It's, it's truly abundant. And, and Psalm 67 is really a, a way to um, direct that water, direct all that God has provided in abundance uh, and, and use God's blessing uh, to bless the world around us. I think about Ezekiel 47, and it actually provides a picture of, of water coming out of the temple. Uh, where God's presence is, where God's people dwell with God in his presence. And it's this picture of, of, God, of water flowing out of the temple into the Dead Sea and, and giving life where there has been death. Um, flourishing takes place on the border towns around the sea where, uh, as you uh, might know, in, in the Dead Sea, nothing can, uh, nothing can live and nothing around it's, it's uh, the sea is uh, flourishing. There's, there's nothing there but this beautiful picture of, of villages and um, uh, fishing boats and, and just life where there was no life. And, and this is the kind of picture that Psalm 67 really paints for us. So let me read Psalm 67 and then, and then we'll hop into it. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Their earth has yielded its increase God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. And so as we get into Psalm 67, we'll see that, that God is calling us to enjoy His blessing, to share His blessing, and, and then to praise Him for His blessing. Um, hopefully you've been able to, especially if you've had kids, dwell on uh, these first three verses that we've been memorizing them. And then obviously as you've seen them in the benediction each week, and hopefully they've, they've kind of washed over uh, your soul. But even if you look in verse 1 there, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. That is uh, just a picture of in enjoying God 
and what he's done for us. And then in verse 4, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. And then uh, again in verse 6, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. And so God's calling us to to really enjoy his blessing. And we see uh, a few different ways that he's blessed us uh, here in in this passage. Um, We see one that that God has blessed us uh, personally, that he's he's given this this personal blessing to us, that he has uh, been gracious to us, that his face has been made to shine upon us. God has, uh, as, as we are his people, um, he has revealed himself to us. That even as, as we think about what's being quoted here, as we think back to uh, Genesis 12 and God blessing Abraham to uh, bless all the nations. Uh, and then we think about it maybe back to number six, where we see that's, the, that's what's being quoted here. Uh, the, the ironic blessing out of number six that God has made his face to shine upon a, a particular people, a unique people. Uh, and God in Christ has, has done all of that in, in us where, where Jesus has fulfilled all of those covenants. We get the blessing of all of those covenants and, and God has done that uh, in our lives. That we, when we want to enjoy God's blessing, there is uh, just this blessing of being God's people. That, that we are the people that his face has shown upon. As I, again, as I think about even all of that being wrapped up in Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us, I think of uh, Ephesians 1 that says it uh, so beautifully, talking about all the blessings uh, that we have in Jesus. Let me turn there real quick and read this and just remind you of the blessing uh, that you have uh, in this Jesus, in this God who has made his face to shine upon you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And if we can't enjoy this, what is there to enjoy Uh, about this God. And God has called us to enjoy um, his his blessing of saving us in Christ. And then God calls us to enjoy his justice uh, for the world. As you saw there um, in verse four, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Speaking of God, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Uh, that, That we get to Um, This is one of the things that we should be glad and sing for joy about. Do you see that in verse 4? That that there's this inward and this outward joy. That just this posture of gladness, and that's expressed in singing. Why? Because we we have a just God. Um, As we think about just the incredible amount of injustice in this world, uh, that it should bring us great joy that we, don't, we, have, we have a God that sees that 
and he does something about it. You can't hardly flip a page of the Bible without seeing a God who leans towards the afflicted, who leans in toward the oppressed, who cares for, who hears their cry. He hears the cry of the afflicted and the proud he, he brings low. And so it should bring us great joy that when we see injustice in this day and age, when we see, well, and even as you, if you think about the ultimate justice that'll come and we all stand before God, that in that moment, the, 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 what, is, what is just for all of us is to be separated from God because of our sin, because of our rebellion against him. As Colossians says that we were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. That is true of every single one of us. And because of that, we, we deserve to be separated from God forever in hell. That would be a just thing for him to do. But God gave us Jesus out of his abundant love for his people that this just God might invite us to be with him forever. And in that moment, because he's just, it won't matter the color of your skin. It won't matter how much money you have in your bank account. He is not going to take any bribes. It doesn't matter the amount of cognitive ability you have. It doesn't matter the amount of abilities or disabilities that you have. We have a God that is just. And the only one that has satisfied his just wrath is Jesus. And because of that, we get to have great joy and we get, to, we get to revel in the fact that we can be hidden in Christ and there is nowhere else to escape uh, God's wrath but in this Christ. Um, it's exclusively found in him, but it's open to anyone that would come and find it in him. And then as God's people, that we, we want to be a people that are about this kind of justice. I think, again, if... Uh, Think about who God is and uh, the justice he desires for his people. It's just James one twenty seven, isn't it? Where he says, just quite plainly, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Just this theme of um, caring for those that, that um, this world and us of a people have been so unjust towards that we, as we uh, image this just God, are about this kind of justice. And so that we would enjoy God for his justice, that we would enjoy that blessing of serving a just God. And then this one that's uh, uh, maybe a little bit more uncommon for us to consider about, especially um, in, in verse 6, is just quite simply, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us, that, that God has called us to enjoy his material provision, that, that God does provide for his people. God does bless his people. I was thinking about even uh, just the other day, it was my uh, oldest son's birthday. And um, one of the, uh, we, the verses that's in his room that I prayed for him and just prayed over him is, is uh, also, I think it's James 1, 17, just that Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation or shifting uh, due to change. That, that every good and perfect gift comes from Jesus. Um, and, and I think sometimes we, in, in our um, desire to not 
um, want to desire material blessings over this God that gives so, so kindly. We, we actually often can forget to, to thank God for the many physical and material and real blessings and real provision that he has provided us. But that's exactly what this verse is saying. It's saying it quite plainly that the earth has yielded its increase, that there's been a great harvest. There's been a plentiful uh, abundance and God has done that, that God has blessed uh, in this way. And so we get uh, to thank God and we should thank God. It's right to thank God in this way. Paul even says that he's uh, learned to be content in plenty and in lack. And, and sometimes I feel like so many of us are, are more comfortable with lack than we are with plenty. But, uh, but at times God does provide plenty and we should enjoy him in that way and thank him for that and, and enjoy his blessing when he provides um, in that way. And then we should share God's blessing. Verses two and three say it quite plainly. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Here's the thing about enjoying God's blessing. And here's the thing about God's blessing on our lives as his people, uh, just in general. God's blessing is always facing outward, always inviting in. God's generosity was never made to be hoarded, but to shared. A question we should probably ask is, um, how do we share when we think about this generous God and all he's given us? How do we share uh, a generous God with people, perhaps, that really don't want anything to do with him? So when we want to be a blessing, that we want to enjoy this blessing, that God's way may be known on the earth, that his saving power may be known among all the nations. And we want the peoples to praise God. We want all the peoples to praise him. And so how do we, how do we share this generous um, God that's been so kind to us uh, with people perhaps in our lives that, that really don't want anything to do with them. And I think this is where just the idea of being missional can be um, really important. And, and I use that in a specific way. There's, there's an idea of being missional and there's an idea of being evangelistic. And evangelism is basically just simply sharing the gospel and asking someone to, to believe in it, like sharing who Jesus is and what he's done and, and ask them, um, do they believe that? Would they like to believe that? What keeps them from believing that? That's what evangelism is. Uh, evangelism is sharing the truth of what God has done in the gospel. Uh, but mission is different than that. Uh, mission, evangelism can be a part uh, of mission, uh, but mission is really setting up our life to be a welcome place for non-believers. Mission's about being intentional and building uh, relationships. Uh, mission's about blessing people around us and caring for our city uh, with the hopes of sharing the gospel through word and deed. Um, and growing in our ability to be on mission personally uh, would, Lord willing, help lead to, one, God blessing people through us, and then opportunities for uh, evangelism. I think about, if you know, even if you're just going to think about practical ways that we can be missional in this kind of COVID-19 world, uh, a few that have just started to become a little bit more natural as things change is, one, just even being intentional about being in the front yard. Uh, and hanging out in the front yard. Even when you're hanging out with other Christians, hang out in the front yard that you might get to know other people that are walking by and say hi and get to know people and, and invite people in uh, to the joy of, of, of whatever you're doing. Uh, I think one of the things we mentioned already is uh, just being active on your neighborhood Facebook group or your neighborhood group. And I think typically neighborhood groups 
virtually just they just typically want to make you move from the neighborhood you're in uh, because people are so horrible on them. Uh, but we can redeem that, can't we? Uh, we can be a breath of fresh air on there. We can ask people if, if we can pray for people. We can respond in, in encouraging uh, ways. We can, we can redeem what, what goes on in so many uh, neighborhood groups uh, by just being uh, a, a good neighbor. Um, and then one of the things I, uh, in this, you know, again, COVID-19 world with the, the few places that we are still going, and obviously as that opens up more and more, but, but just being really intentional when you go to those places. Like I think about my family, like the people at Costco know Ginger and my kids by name because uh, they are there a lot. And a handful of them are like, hey, when's the church opening? What are y'all doing? Like there's just that consistent built-in relationship where conversations have happened over time. Um, and so just be consistent where you're at, where, where, where you're getting your food from, where you're going to, to hang out, where you're getting your coffee, where you're uh, getting a drink. Where, just go to places and then be kind. Be thoughtful, uh, be curious about people's lives uh, and get to know people uh, in the midst of those places. And then one more practical, uh, you know, opportunity is just to pray, like pray for opportunities, even in the midst of, you know, this kind of isolated place we're in, pray that God would give us opportunities uh, to be a blessing, that, that we would really enjoy and revel in the great blessing in which he has blessed us and that we would genuinely desire to be a blessing to others, uh, and that we would build relationships. Uh, it is a good thing to build relationships with non-Christians with the desire for them to become Christians. I don't know how that hits you, but that's a, that's a good motive to have. I actually remember I was asked sarcastically by a non-Christian friend one time. She was like, Jake, do you just want me to get saved and turn my life over to Jesus? Is that, you know, what you want? And I, I was just talking to her about that. I told her, I was like, if, if I truly believe what the Bible says and I truly care about her, how could I want anything else? Like, how could that even be possible? Like, if we think that's a weird motive, it would actually be weird not to have that motive if we believe this is true. Um, and it's okay to be upfront about that with people. It's okay to talk to people about that. Um, but but we, it, is, it is a good thing to, to desire to build relationships with non-Christians with the hope of sharing the gospel. Um, I think, and I think we continue, tend to go on two extremes there. One, we can just build relationships with anybody and everybody and not care at all about sharing the gospel, um, but maybe feel missional, even though that's kind of far from us. Um, or to be honest with you, we're just kind of a jerk about our Christianity and we feel like we're being evangelistic, but we're not actually really loving anybody. Um, and it's not like a perfect way to, to sort through that, but we should ask for God's help that he would lead us and help us to, to be a blessing to the city, the area, the people uh, around us with the hope of building relationships with non-Christians and sharing uh, the gospel. Um, we, we unapologetically uh, want what Psalm 67 wants for every non-Christian, uh, for genuine praise and thankfulness of God to come from your life. So if you're a non-Christian and you're, you've stumbled onto this and you watch that, we, we genuinely desire that for you. And again, we think it would be unloving for us not to desire that for you. But we long to be a place where we can have these kinds of conversations where you can get to know us and we can get to know you uh, and we can genuinely love uh, one another even if we think uh, differently. And then this is what we want, um, really this all leads to just praising God enjoying his blessing, his blessing even working uh, through us that all the nations may 
worship him. We see this uh, repeated all throughout this psalm. Verse 3, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And then even verse 7, God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. It's just this God-centered view of what's going on in this psalm. And if, if we're Christians, if we profess Christ, if God is working in your life, if he's doing any of the things we've talked about over the last uh, seven weeks, if he's leading and comforting and guiding and tending, if he's given you everything in Christ, as we saw in Ephesians 1, how could you not praise? How could you not praise him for that? Praise is just one of the outflows of the grace of God in our lives. He works, he does all this, and we praise him for it. And this is a praise we want everyone to experience. So again, if you're uh, uh, professed to be a Christian and you maybe have never experienced deep, genuine, thankful praise to God. Now, you might be in a dry season, and to be honest with you, I'm not talking to you if that's you. I'm talking to those that maybe have uttered a thank God in their life, but have never from the depths of their souls offered praise to God. Um, you might consider what it would look like to actually turn to Him, to actually um, ask, have I really enjoyed the blessing of being His people? Have I really placed my faith and cast my lot in with Christ with, with all that I have? Um, Maybe you have yet to actually genuinely turn to Him. Maybe you have yet to experience anything in your life you think is from God that is actually genuinely praiseworthy. You haven't praised Him because you don't think He's done anything in your life that really deserves that praise. I would encourage you just to, if that's true of you, don't, don't ignore that. Acknowledge that. Consider that. Cry out to God in that. Reach out for help in that. And then as a family, Northbrook, man, we, we have a God that is worthy of all of our praise. Just consider the riches of these psalms that we've preached on so far. How much truth, how much love, how much grace upon grace. He has done so much for us, both individually and saving us and corporately and bringing us together. Uh, let us be a church uninhibited in our praise of Him. Not praising Him passionately to perform for Him or as some kind of sport that can happen sometimes but passionate praise that is rich in substance, rich in truth, rich in hope and who God is and all he has done for us. Let's be like Peter and Paul who, who sing hymns in prison. Let's be like David who's willing to look foolish and praising God. Let's be like Stephen who is about to die, spending his last moments gazing upon Jesus. I think if we remember back even to that picture of Ezekiel 47 where water flowed to the Dead Sea to provide life. Imagine if the water just stays in the temple. It fills and fills. Death staying prevalent around the sea. No new life. Just more and more water in the temple. Brothers and sisters, do we care about those around us? Do we? We could plant a successful church 
and hoard God's grace to ourselves. By the standards of this world, by the standards of our church culture, by the standards that even many of us have, we could plan a successful church and just hoard God's grace to ourselves. And I'm not saying it's easy or I've got it figured out exactly what it looks like to, to do all this. But guys, maybe we, maybe we desire for God works for God's grace to work through us that near and far people that don't know him might come to know him. That's what Psalm 67 is about. And that's what we need to be about uh, as a people. Let me pray for us in that way. Father, would you just keep that from being true? Would we not be a people that hoard your grace and hoard your benefit that we might have these pleasant lives until the end? But would we be a people that spend our lives and spend the blessing that you spent on us uh, for the sake that more and more people might come to know you? It's the very thing you've called us to do. It's the very thing you've called us to pray in Psalm 67. That again, these are the the, the prayers that our soul needs. Our soul needs to believe and long for and desire and seek Psalm 67. Uh, that your way may be known on the earth. Your saving power among the nations. God, forgive us for when we think we've figured something out and forgot that it was your saving power that has redeemed us. Forgive us when we think the miraculous work that you have done in us is just not possible in others. And God, would you help us believe in your bigness and your grandness and your beauty and your redemption and the redemption that you're wanting to work? It's not our desire. It didn't start with us. It started with you. It's your desire. So would you help us be a people that are about your desires? We just confess our need. We confess our our desire to see you work in that way. Or would you move? For Christ's sake, for his glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.